Hey guys, this is Justin, joined as always by the cute and lovable Corey for another episode of Star Wars Tap Calf Transmissions. And today we are tackling book one of the MedStar duology, Battle Surgeons. Corey, how are you? I am great. How are you? Good, good, good. Um, what did I say my nickname was earlier on Twitter? Um, the Noodle uh, Merchant? Grand yeah. Noodle Merchant or Grand something? Grand Noodle yeah, is there any way that you can refer to me as Grand Noodle Merchant for the rest of the or bless, sorry, Blessed Noodle Merchant? Uh, no, I'm actually not going to do that. Okay, that's fine. Uh, so how are you doing, Corey? What's happened since I the last... I already answered that, but... Uh, well, okay. What's happened since the last time we talked? Very little. This is actually our first time doing an episode only a week after the previous episode. So mm-hmm. there hasn't been a lot to change in our lives, so I... This might be the first episode where there's more talking about the book than the random tangents we go on about unrelated stuff. I somehow doubt that. Oh, yeah, we had a whole election, so... <laughs> we had we an election, we had a Star Wars trailer. That's true. Um, we had blessed noodles. Uh, well, actually, one noodles. thing, I'm I'm not calling you that. Okay. I, I urge everyone to not <laughs> call him that. Just please, for the love of God, don't. <laughs> But uh, one thing that's happened since the last episode is we talked about some potential slight format changes uh, that we're going to be trying out here. Uh, we we did talk about in the early episodes how we'd be playing with the format a bit, seeing how it evolves, and trying to find what fits best for the show. Mm. Uh, and I think some of the some of the issues with the format we were going with did kind of come through in courtship. The last episode we did where. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to find the right balance of summarizing the plot versus uh, talking about whatever topics come up from the book. Uh, yeah, we don't want like three hours of just us summarizing the the book because it's just not very interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're going to try to do a brief summary at the beginning and then we'll kind of move into more focused discussion. And that way, if you guys are watching live, you can also suggest uh, suggestions suggest discussion topics i mean we might ignore you um depending on how we're feeling but you know it's possible yeah we want to make sure people who didn't read the book uh can still follow what we're talking about but we don't want to be like a replacement lower tier audiobook yeah. where well, it's like and then this happened then this happened then this happened and yeah. this happened and that was it yeah you can always read the uh wikipedia pages if if that's what you're uh if that's what you're looking forward but we're going to try to Focus more on themes and, and you know, wacky moments and just, you know, really dive deep into some more nuanced issues rather than just, yeah, as Corey said, doing a straight plot by plot summary. Because mm-hmm. it, it did get kind of, last episode, it did get kind of along because there is a lot of like, oh, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Um, just wasn't that fun. We are also going to try, as we've been talking about, to cover... Um, some news or just some topics of discussion before the video. And for this one, I mean, the major thing is the uh, the episode nine trailer, the final trailer for any mainline Star Wars movie until Disney goes back on that in five or 10 years. <laughs> yeah, it's the third time there's been a final Star Wars mainline trilogy mm-hmm. trailer. And that that's a complete lie. There's definitely going to be more. Oh, yeah. I mean, they paid $4 billion for it. And I believe they also stole George Lucas's soul, I think, um, which is not an easy process. That's what Twitter told me. 
<laughs> I'm not touching that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, thoughts on the trailer, Corey? I enjoyed it. I try not to get too much out of trailers uh, in terms of expectations for mm-hmm. uh, for how I'm going to feel about the actual movie. Uh, I'm more interested in the trailers. There's like hints of what we might see in terms of planets or ships or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I've never come out of a trailer had certain expectations for a movie from that and had that reflected in how I actually felt about the movie once I've seen it. So I'd say solo for me, maybe because I didn't really like the solo trailers and I didn't really like the movie that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I get what you mean. And thoughts on ships. I mean, there's lots to look at. Yeah, it was uh, nice to see the assault frigate Mark II get some love. <laughs> that's one you don't really <laughs> you expect to see. That's you know? what it is. One hundred percent. Really? Are you? Are you I, I can't tell. No, you like one hundred. I'm one hundred percent sure that's an assault frigate Mark II. But doesn't it have like a weird like tower on it or something? Like in the that picture, isn't there like antenna I, or something coming I'll, off it? I'll, I'll send you a picture that we cut out. It's like the Later, ugly assault frigate Mark II, right? Like the weird retcon. The Wolf Empire at War II. one. Ugh, it's like one of the ugliest ships of all time. Yeah, it, and I, it didn't come directly from Empire at War. Like it, I mean, it was in Empire at War first, and then it was in like uh, the Armada game, I think. Right. Uh, and referenced in a few other places. But the... It, it's made its way to the movie, and yeah. good job, Petroglyph. You, you made it. <laughs> Ty Burzan, <laughs> you're next. <laughs> Yeah, the the whole next movie is going to be about how annoying it is to uh, ward off corruption and have his <laughs> shots go through your shields. The um, the, uh, the corruption trilogy is next. <laughs> corruption trilogy, it's just it's just a land moving between planets and cleansing corruption. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have a theory though. Have you ever read the Thrawn comics? Uh, the original Thrawn trilogy comics yeah, or the yeah, new yeah. Thrawn? The comics? originals. Uh, I think so. I've at least skimmed them. Right. So, you know, Assault Frigates play really heavily in the Thrawn yeah. trilogy, obviously. And there's one, there's like literally one panel where the Assault Frigate has like a rounded look, like it does in Empire at War. And I'm pretty sure when they were creating a ship, they just looked at that panel and was like, that'll do. The When the when Petroglyph was... Yeah, when Petroglyph was doing I it. I think you're giving them more credit than... <laughs> like the idea that they looked at anything i don't know that that's boy. true because the the tartan patrol cruiser was supposed yeah. to be either a carrick or a lancer it's definitely referenced as a carrick in some places in the coding but then it, it became the tartan. A, i can see how it could have started off as a lancer funny enough because it's the lancer has those little fins at the back yeah the, but the the tartan is like a really uh disproportionately skewed mm-hmm. carrick where the front yeah. was just made smaller, the engine block kind of looks like a Carrick, but what a mess! How have they not? How is there not more outrage about this? I mean, it's only been fifteen years, right? Uh, or 13? 16. 13? Yeah. Okay. I think like today is the thirteenth anniversary of Forces of Corruption. Wow! This week. So I this think it not- came out late October. This isn't our Halloween special. This is our Forces of Corruption special. Yeah. Okay. Um, I heard on the Star Wars show, too, that um, that the Colossus from Star Wars Resistance might be in there somewhere. Yeah, I've seen some people looking through the fleet picture uh, in mm-hmm. particular trying to find it, which 
Uh, I, I'm not convinced yet, but... Yeah, I'm not convinced either. I do have a little problem, though. I'm kind of annoyed, and this is kind of something, maybe something stupid to be annoyed about, but they did kind of just take several models that there shouldn't be more than one ship of and copied it a bunch of times. Like Hans Freider from The Force Awakens appears in that fleet shot like four mm-hmm. or five times. And like, it would have been really cool if there was just one of it because it's like, oh, it's the actual freighter. But now it's like, oh, there's just a bunch of them. Well, most ships are mass produced. I don't think. True. Were you thinking that Han like special ordered that freighter? No, it just, it seems like a really random and old, you know, I would have liked it if it was just one because you're like, okay, that's actually Han's ship. Instead Maybe. of like, oh, that's actually a digital asset they had ready to go. I mean, I, I could see that more with being annoyed that there are more YT-1300s everywhere or something, but mm-hmm. that seems like something they wouldn't do because then yeah. they could have a shot of the of a YT-1300 blowing up. Like, mm. like oh my God, oh God, they blew up the Falcon and then the Falcon yeah. flies in. <laughs> um, apparently, or sorry, I was just tagged on this on Twitter right before the uh, we started recording. Breaking the posters. news are happening now. <laughs> This is breaking and very important. The poster shows not only an Imperial 1 Star Destroyer, but also an Imperial 2. Mm. If So I wonder, I guess there's going to be ISD-2s in the movie as well. Maybe even some Tectors? Are uh, the cannons that would otherwise be blocking the uh, the hangars, are, they, are those Tectors? These are all uh, burning questions. They could be, I guess. I guess. Yeah. There we go. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I like the trailer too. Though I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. The movie seems like it's, like it's going to be very blue. <laughs> There's mm. a lot of a lot of blue in the latter half. <laughs> That's what lens flares show up best against. So yeah, yeah. Anything else? Oh, also, I was in the Star Wars show this week. Not in the reaction. There was like a reaction to the trailers. Not that I was playing. Um, what's it called? Uh, Fallen Order. Well, right. Anthony Carboni was playing Fallen Order, and you can see my head in the background. Nice. You finally made it. I'm so we proud of it. you. Yeah. Ah, yeah, we made it. So, should we move on, or is there anything else you'd like to talk about for news? Uh, Any other aspects of the trailer you'd like to discuss? I think we've both uh, discussed the trailer pretty in-depth on uh, on our channels. I don't know that I have much to add on it now, unless you have yeah. any... No, not really. Uh, nope. Yeah, if people want to see our our more expanded thoughts on that, I did, like, the first time I watched it, I recorded my reaction for that on my oh, channel. Nice. I, I tried to not get spoiled for the whole day, which... Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you didn't get to watch it right away. You had to wait. Yeah, I was watching uh, the election coverage and when it came out, so I was, like, seeing tweets come up about it. I was like, mm-hmm. no, I'm, I'm recording myself doing this. I'm not going right. to... I'm not watching this until tomorrow. The same thing happened with The Force Awakens, too. Um, they already made a second my... one? <laughs> the Force Awakens as well. Oh. Um, it was Monday Night Football and the day of the Canadian election. I, I think it was that would have been Force Awakens, right? Four years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I remember it was that. Yeah. Because Last Jedi was 2017, I... Force Awakens yeah. 2015. Yeah. And the election was 2015. 15, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, do you have any thoughts about the rumored uh, Thrawn live-action TV show? Yeah, do you buy it? I don't know. No, I don't buy it. Me neither. Not yet. Um, I'd love to believe it. I don't believe yeah. it yet. It would be a good idea. Um, 
I mean, like Thrawn's such a thing is like we we're all like, oh, yeah, Thrawn. We love Thrawn. Thrawn's the best. But like, if you ask the average Star Wars fan, yeah. even the average hardcore movie Star Wars fan, like like my friends are like super into the Star Wars movies, or at least like at one point in their life, they were. I don't think yeah. any of them would know who Thrawn is besides maybe that he's an, an alien and or like an Imperial. Yeah, like I have. Uh, I think I mentioned him on the podcast before, but my roommate is the biggest Star Wars fan I know in my real life. And uh, he's aware of what of Thrawn, but like largely through Rebels, I think. Yeah. And lore videos and that kind of thing. So uh, that's true. Rebels definitely did help. Yeah. So like, I could see him getting pulled in that way, but I don't mm. think they would do anything that like adapts or heavily heavily relies on other media for that. Yeah, but, no, I know. I feel it. Although, I I mean to be honest, I'm pretty surprised that even the ghost was Skywalker trailer. Like I I I kind of just assumed JJ just like doesn't care about that stuff, but I guess he was just like, "All right, give me some ships." And then someone was like, "Well, we got this ghost model yeah. from Rogue One." But well, I think one of the benefits of having the story group though is that uh they're all heavily involved in all the projects, so it's less like Rebels mm. was made by this one team over here. You have yeah. like Dave Filoni on that and then uh they're all consulting with it, so it's like, oh, if you can work this in, if you're looking for ships, you can work mm-hmm. this in. It doesn't necessarily mean like Hera is going to have a big part in the plot yeah. or anything, but it is still cool that we have a situation where we're going to get uh, more yeah. of those kinds of crossovers where it makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking to see the return of the shoe from the asteroid field <laughs> and the army man from the executor, but I don't yeah, know if we're yeah. going to get that. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's also though like um, Ryan Johnson talked about like how he had cre- like total freedom to do whatever he wanted. So I feel like if the uh, directors don't want, if they didn't want to rely on the story group, they could do yeah. so. But it's also like a like a pretty available resource to them. Yeah, it's less about like relying on it more uh, that if they're looking for something to use, the options are a bit more clear to them, uh, or if there's something in like reviews of the script or something that they feel like it could work then there's people to make those suggestions yeah so yep a bit better than like uh the rabbit from the marvel comics being made by someone and then no one ever hears of it again <laughs> you mean jackson yeah that one i wish I, I don't know why people focus on jackson there's also cats um I forget the name of the cat there's a whole arc about a rebel pilot who's a cat yeah um yeah. Jackson's just the he's fun he's the one that like when we get to the uh Avengers Endgame style <laughs> final battle where you can have it's the duck in that scene uh who's like from one of the old comics yeah we're gonna get that and it's gonna be Jackson yeah when the world between worlds opens up and people are just falling out and it's like Jackson the slime racers from uh <laughs> I forget which book that even is but well, if you've seen the leaks for Rise of Skywalker, it actually ends with Abeloth coming out and <laughs> eating everything. That was a that was a bold move, I thought. Yeah. So, well, plenty to talk about with uh, Rise of Skywalker coming out. Possibly even a Tapcalf Transmissions edition, Ooh. entirely about Skywalker's rising. Mm. Maybe. Or a Skywalker. Well, we don't know. That's the thing. Yeah. There's so many, of- so many possibilities. I'm, I, th- I think back to the original point, though, with the Thrawn, um, we, there's so many like live action series in the works right now. We've got Mandalorian. We've got Cassian. 
We've got um, Obi-Wan. Like, mm-hmm. I think they've got to see how, like, people are reacting to these. Like, if I, I think they were yeah. smart to put the Mandalorian first, um, even more so than I think, like, Obi-Wan has a lot of, um, like, people are interested just because Ewan is such an awesome actor and Obi-Wan's such a cool character. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think the Mandalorian story is a lot more compelling. Yeah. Um, and I think part of it is that the, they've probably got, like, mountains and mountains of workshopped ideas there. And we don't know how long any of them's going to run for, right? So mm-hmm. there could be some series that are intended to be multi-year arcs, kind of like yeah. uh, Rebels was or the Clone Wars was. Clone Wars were clone, yeah, yeah. whatever. Uh, but then you have something like Resistance, where they had like the two years plotted for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Obi Wan, who knows how many episodes we're going to get of that? So it might be yeah. a thing where we get a bunch of uh, really short shows, and you have like a yeah. ten episode. Thrawn Which is show probably or what the Obi Wan will be like. Yeah, I imagine that will be a pretty short run. Yeah, the unless it's like yeah. The thing that the Obi Wan show could be is what I've wanted forever, which is a Star Wars sitcom. So who cares <laughs> if like Obi Wan doesn't have much to do in that time period? It's like Obi Wan and his roommate Jawa played by a bunch of... Oh god. <laughs> can't say that about jawas roseanne (laughs) (laughs) no 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 no, no. you know i i know where you were going it was too on the nose Mm -hmm. um but but yeah like i I think i think mandalorian i mean they're already i think i don't know if they're filming season two yet but they're definitely doing like at least pre-production on it um yeah yeah, I expect so, that one has like the most room to go totally. on for a long time out of everything we've heard. Like we know how the Cassian show would eventually have to end. Right. That, Same that's with the one I'm, I that's the one that kind of a head scratcher to me. Like I don't know. I like a lot of the people like the main problems with Rogue One that a lot of people had were that the characters weren't that memorable. Mm-hmm. Um I liked Cassian but like in K2SO um so like yeah rogue one is close to being my favorite star wars movie uh and the reason that that didn't bother me as much Mm. was because in the context of the movie the rebellion was supposed to be the character the way i like i saw it yeah yeah, yeah. so i i don't know that it's just I, i don't think that it's like cassian or k2so or even Jin that was like bad characters it's just the point of the movie wasn't necessarily to explore them that way and i Mm -hmm. i i don't have any concerns about whether or not cassian can carry a show or anything uh i think that'll be fine just based on that concern like there's plenty of other reasons it could end up being bad or something but i I don't Mm -hmm. think that that's anything i'm worried about yep fair enough i'm looking for his suits on coruscant Mm. Um, maybe about Noir Ven. Sound good or what? I I'd watch that. I don't. Yeah, me too. Would that be would that be a suit or are we just talking like Law and Order? Um, Get I think Dick Noir Wolf was out here in practice, and... wasn't he? So more of a suits, I think. Okay. okay. Uh, but yeah, guys, let us know whether you're listening on podcast or watching on YouTube. Um, let us know what you thought of the Rise of Skywalker trailer, what you think of this series and a potential Thrawn series. 
of course, if you are listening on podcasts, the best way to reach out to us is tapcavtransmissions at gmail.com. I'm sad to say, I don't think we got any emails this week, did we, Corey? Uh, no, didn't have quite the same lead time on uh, the episodes yeah. here, so. Yeah, oh, it's all right. Um, so, well, if you guys are listening here and have any questions as uh, as we go through the discussion, make sure to leave them in the chat and we will get yep. to them at the end. Or I guess with a new format, maybe in uh, in the middle of the podcast. This is exciting. Oh, it's going to be a mess. Um, I guess we did kind of miss the ball too on, uh, or drop the ball on a Halloween episode. Because it Missed literally the ball, fell dropped the boat. Yeah. Because like we could have done Death Troopers. Death Troopers or. Well, I don't know. There's like 700 more books to cover so maybe next year because we technically the next episode we were going to be doing would have been uh halloween normally but you have parental duties on halloween yes so the child (laughs) uh kumar saying no face cam Corey. i'm i'm recording face cam in my version but i can't uh beam my face cam to justin for his streams i can give you the stream key but um Anyway, let's move on with the book. Uh, people are waiting. We're 21 minutes in. This is like Return of the Jedi, where nothing happens until 35 minutes. In. Well, when we have a, a new segment before the show, this was like a true. This was like a actually, thing yeah, that true. we should have known was going. And to this happen. is actually a kind of short news segment too. I think some will be longer than this. Um, but anyway, let's start with the book. Um, MedStar One Battle Surgeons, um, Part One of a duology. This book came out in what 2003. Um, which is interesting because it's not only before the Clone Wars TV show, but before Revenge of the Sith. And I think mm-hmm. in some aspects that really shows. I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point. Um, the premise of the book basically is that it, it's basically the life on a, a Rimsu, they call it, which is a... Um, RMSU, uh, Republic Medical Surgical Unit. Isn't it R-I-M-S-O-O? Uh yeah, that's a phonetic that's a phoneticization. That's Oh, is it okay? Yeah, cuz it oh, is right, a right. it's an initial it's a gotcha. an acronym right. or initialism. So yeah, Republic whatever. Um and they're on this planet called uh Drongar. Yes. And it's one thing that I like is it's it's like literally completely backwater. Like this they're fighting for some pretty small stakes here. Um basically this planet has um what's it called again the uh, boda yeah and this is like basically a... uh the back to war but the boda war yeah so and boda has lots of it has different like medicinal or chemical properties depending on the species that ingests it or takes it um like they mentioned that one of the local huts he smokes it and he basically gets high it's it seems humans use it as an antibiotic and uh yeah just ton of different species use it for different reasons and unlike something like Spice, it doesn't really have a lot of um, negative drawbacks. So the Separatists and the um, Republic are basically fighting. But because the Boda is so valuable, it's kind of like a long, drawn-out um, ground campaign because they're not using as much heavy artillery. They're not bombing from orbit. Um, it's basically slowly trying to capture territory. But that's not really important because we spend most of our time uh, on this rim zoo. Um, yeah, with the surgeons and uh, Barris, the Jedi Padawan. Yeah, and this is uh, this is a book that you hadn't read before, right? Yeah, I've never read this one before, and I really, really liked it. Yeah, uh, when I 
when I was first getting into Star Wars stuff in the early 2000s, this was, uh, this was, as far as I can remember, my favorite Clone Wars book series. Uh, so this and its sequel, which we'll be doing in two weeks. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you you don't get much of the top-down view of the war. Instead, it's no. a lot more of a character study and like how do these people identify or define yep. themselves. And it kind of talks about that with uh, with clones, with droids, through uh, I-5, yep. uh, through Barriss and how she sees herself. And it's actually kind of interesting with Barriss because there's her talking about like how she fits in with the Jedi Order, how she sees herself and her relationship with the dark side when uh, there ends up four or five years later being the episodes of the uh, of the Clone Wars cartoon where Barriss does get to experience the dark side a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and I mean, it, it kind of retroactively works pretty well because she kind of does have like a complicated... I guess all Jedi sort of have a complicated relationship. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in hindsight, it works really well. Um, but like you said, it's interesting. It's almost like a, it's a little more, it's not, it's not academic. It's not really, it's still not really high literature, but it is a bit, it is a bit more like sort of literature-y than most yeah. Star Wars books because plot doesn't drive the story. Very little actually happens, at least in this book. I mean, there is stuff there, but like at the end of the story, besides for one thing, uh, not that much has changed. It's more about um, perspectives and like debates and stuff like that, which is, I don't yeah. know, is a really nice change for a Star Wars book, actually. Yeah, the uh, basically when they started making the book, they were trying to get Star Wars MASH, which was an old uh, mm-hmm. military medical show. Uh, and I think they did a pretty good job kind of matching that feel. But I, I was thinking when I was reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking when I was reading it that it's probably the least pulpy of the books that we've read. Yeah, uh, so. like which isn't to say that it's inherently better, just that it no, it doesn't take that same approach. Right. But, I mean, there's there's conversations that don't end with somebody jumping in a starship, you know, like yeah, very um, rarely. Like if a starship's involved, it's basically just so that someone can crash on it and they can talk about how people are coping with that rather than that being the event in and of itself. Regarding the whole Vietnam thing though, the planet is like almost designed to be that way. Just like because of the way it limits, like it limits like space combat and uh, stuff like that because of the spores that are around the planet. Um, So really you have like gunships kind of dropping in and out like helicopters. The planet's described as very, very humid, like, always mm-hmm. humid um and and yeah so it's it, it is kind of i mean a very clear clear inspiration in that sense yeah uh so do you want to go through uh like we did talk about how we wanted to change up the format a little bit but this is a this is kind of an interesting book to do that on because uh it is a book where like the overall plot not a huge amount actually happens yeah it's more the character development so do you want to start off with just uh talking a little bit about the main characters uh yeah so actually uh before we do the spy do you know who that no i don't know okay so Uh, i I, my guess is but but uh anyway so 
there's four doctors on this uh, Rim Zoo, but we only really focus on two, uh, Jaws and uh, Zan. Uh, both are Corellian, well, from the Corellian system, uh, which is kind of funny. Uh, Zan's in, uh, he's a, what's it called? Um, Iridonian Zabrak? Is, is, or he's well, a Zabrak, he's a, he's a Zabrak. I don't know if he's Iridonian. From, no, yeah, he's from uh, Talus or Trallis, yeah. one of the two. Um, and Jaws is also a Corellian. Uh, they're the two surgeons. Um, Zan is kind of like a, he's like a really talented musician, but kind of forced into, into service, I guess, because, well, musicians aren't really needed. It's the height of the Clone Wars. Um, Joss is like, uh, he's like a career surgeon. Uh, he's seems to be a pretty good one. Um, they also have, I don't even know how you say her name. Talk, I guess. She's I like, called her Tolk. Tolk. She's, um, she's a nurse that is frequently helping them out. And then they're basically struggling because they're in this backwater world. Um, they're not getting that many supplies from the Republic. Um, they're always short on medical droids. Everything's always breaking. They don't have that much in the way of supplies. Um, and then Barris comes. Um, she's still a Padawan at this point, but um, she is helping heal. She's got, and not just like in a Jedi way, she does do some Jedi healing, but often it's just like, yeah, she'll be in there with like a scalpel, yeah, uh, replacing organs or whatever else. And we do get a bit of an indication about her real mission. She mentioned, like, she briefly yeah. alludes to it being looking into uh, missing Boda yeah. uh, treatment stuff, but uh, we very rarely focus on that. Anything with her is more about mm. uh, how she's approaching becoming a Jedi, how she feels about how she fits in with the Order, and yeah. trying to... Uh, deal with her anger towards Foji, mm. which is the uh, martial arts instructor. Yeah, he's just a bad dude. Um, so other than that, those are those are. Besides for that, the other main character I guess would be Den. He is a he's basically a reporter. Um, he's he's on base a lot. Um, yeah, I, I guess he's almost like an observer as much as a reporter. Um, yeah, and then besides for that, we have Philba the Hut. He's like he does lots of stuff on the base. He kind of manages supplies largely. Um, the Admiral kind of in orbit because they do have the the Med Stars, the name of the ship um, in orbit, and his mm-hmm. name is Blade. Is how they call it. That's what they pronounce it in the audiobook. Yeah. Um, and then there's I five the droid, and basically we'll talk about him later. And we also more. have uh, Clo Merritt, the uh, base psychiatrist. Oh yeah, he's another horse. Yeah, some sort of horse. Yeah, I think a different kind of horse than the. Uh, yeah, he's not a runt. Um, but yeah, runt is a. Uh, I forget. I did a whole video on him. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So uh, Merritt and Tolk are actually both uh, to some level empaths. So there's three of the main characters who are. Uh, able to sense the thoughts and feelings of everyone around them, which is kind of a big deal when they're playing as much Sabacc as they do. And uh, also when it's so heavily driven by uh, the emotional state of the characters. I'm pretty sure Tolk is the same species as Face. Or not, sorry, not the same species. They're both human, but she's, I'm pretty sure she's the same. um, She's got the same background as Face. Hmm. I'm pretty sure from Rogue Squadron. Um, It's actually something that comes up a lot in the book, talking about even when someone is human, a lot of Star Wars books will just say they were human. 
Uh, this yeah. book makes a point with every character of talking about their specific background, mm-hmm. uh, which does play into the whole identity theme as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So because with uh, Joss, Jos, how mm-hmm. did you... I, I said Joss. Okay, I'm going to stick with that. So uh, how Joss's main, or the main crux of Joss's uh, development is his romantic life and how he ends up feeling towards Tolk. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though his society back home wouldn't really, uh, she would be seen as exter or outside of yeah, uh, what's acceptable for him to marry. Uh, but like every character gets their uh, origin kind of mentioned. That. Yeah, and when clones do come up, it's almost exclusively in the context of the characters trying to decide, like, or trying yeah. to figure out how they relate to everyone else or if they are their own individual people or if they're just these uh mechan basically machines for war but then even the machines they have i5 who is my favorite character in the book yeah he's uh, right even the machines are their own people yeah um regarding humanity or being human i guess barris is always referred to as a human and she's Mm. technically not later on uh the later lore She's a near human, um, but like there's a very, I think there's a very distinct difference between near humans, like human offshoot races, mm-hmm. and then like different human cultures which have evolved. Like Tolk is a human, but Barris is not. She's a near yeah. human. Um, that's not really important, I guess, but I just, I, just before I forgot it. Um, yeah, there were a few continuity things that are yeah. incorrect in the book. Uh, like the main one I noticed was. Uh, at some point, uh, Joss mentions the Stark hyperspace war being five thousand uh, yeah. years before. Yeah, it's like a it's thousand, like fifty. Isn't it? It's like fifty. 50? Years oh, okay. It's like Plo Koon was in it. Tyboka. Yeah, that's right. It was a lot of people who also ended up being in the Clone Wars. So right. he was off a little bit with that. There was the I mean, Great the way- Hyperspace War, which they talk about later, but that's different. Right. The uh, portrayal of clones generally is quite a bit different than what we see in the Clone Wars as mm-hmm. well. Um, like the degree of uniformity in this book is way higher later on because uh, this was pre-Revenge of the Sith too. So mm-hmm. like clones are said to look exactly the same, like like indistinguishable when like the Clone Wars especially. It's like, yeah, they start the same, but usually like there will be a degree of difference both in personality and in looks. Like some yeah. clones will... We'll have different color eye. Well, but we're also I, talking about uh, the clones in this book are from the perspective of the character, usually Joss, who is basically coming to terms with the fact that they aren't all the same person. Yeah. Like how shittily he behaves towards nine one four. Like, oh, yeah, your buddy's dead. I just threw him in the dumpster out back is basically yeah. how he goes about that. Yeah. Um. One thing that's interesting too, um, like that the canon changed from Legends is that, and I, I guess we'll talk about this a bit more later, is how they dealt with like clone loyalty and stuff. Because um, canon eventually changed it. So the clones did Order 66 because of a chip they have implanted in their heads. Yeah. Um, when Legends was just like, no, they just followed orders. So that is kind of like, I guess maybe not from Joss's perspective, there's not a difference, but um, because, yeah, like, like he says, he basically sees them as like 
like meat droids, basically. Yeah. Someone says that. I forget who. It might well, be him. Yeah, I, I think it's him and Zan kind of go back and forth on it. But like, uh, even if there's like chips or something to compel certain behaviors, which I th- I can't remember. I think that might have been uh, a thing in Legends as well. But it, like I it think... depended on which uh, which individual yeah. sources you were going by. Yeah, because but... the Revenge of the Sith novelization is just like yeah. Because I, it kind of needed to explain, yeah, yeah. But the even with that, like there were certain behaviors that are forced by that kind of thing. But there was still the individual, uh, individual, yeah, individuality with them all. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it. This was probably one of the first books or any bits of media to really go into that right issue uh because partially because of how early it came out in yeah yeah uh, in the timeline there wasn't really much else there could be i my copy has a uh, a timeline of everything that had come out for the clone wars at that point it would have been a year after right uh 2004 and attack of the clones was in 02 but like this has just uh boba fett books Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it had the Darth Maul stuff because that's yeah, obviously heavily referenced with I five. The Clone Wars video game with the Dark Reaper that had come uh, out. I love that game. Um, Clone Wars one, the Defensive Camino by Dark Horse. Another Boba Fett book, Clone Wars two, Victories and Sacrifices, more Dark Horse. Shatterpoint. Was the, the like Boba Fett when he's a kid book? Uh, I remember yeah, those. like the yeah, Young I, Readers series. Yeah, I read those I and I was. I was see if I can get this. Might be too. I mean, no one watching live right now can see it, but whatever. Uh, but yeah. So for the characters, then you said you had some theories on. Well, the spy. Okay, at, at first, I thought for sure it was to- or talk, but I had I had to look I had to look her up to see if she survived. So I, I know it's not her. My theory is that it's some sort of shapeshifter. At first, I thought it was the dr- someone shapeshifting as a droid, mm-hmm. um, just because of the way that people were t- talking about, um, like his eyes and, um, like how he had like kind of humanity in his eyes, basically. Like no one ever saw a droid like express like that. But other than that, I, like I don't know. I think I think it's a uh, a living per. I mean, uh, I think it's some sort of shapeshifter. Um, I guess looking at this list, I don't think it's Den because we get too many, we get too many perspective, like first person perspective scenes with him. Someone who hates the Republic. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I have no okay. idea. Well. We'll we'll talk about that next. Time. I won't spoil it for you or for yeah. anyone else who hasn't uh, uh, hasn't read the next book yet. But uh... actually, looking at the list, the only one that that leaves, yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's not necessarily someone on the character list. We have those were just the yeah. I'm just thinking who it could be. Like it's I I don't think any of the main characters. Um... I was just thinking about all of them. Um, if it were, because one of the things is there are a lot of like people who can kind of read minds, so it's. I feel like it's got to be one of them, mm. or else they would have been discovered. Um, 
I don't even remember the name, but I, uh, the horse guy would be my best guess. Just looking at the is that Clo? Yeah, that's Clo. That would be my best guess, but I'm not really. Con- I still think it's a shapeshifter. So hmm. it's actually Zam Wessel comes back. And- <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, um, yeah, should we move on with the sort of plot summary? Let me let me let yeah. Remy out. She's being sure, so. I'll, I'll get started on the plot then. But uh, out, out, out. so. We show up on Drongar, there's the, um, the surgery going on, the first one. Those are kind of the action scenes for the book when the uh, when they're in the operating theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, the OT, which was weird to read in the book so many times. <laughs> like, yeah, what are we doing was... in the original trilogy? <laughs> <laughs> but that's when we're introduced to, uh, to Joss, to Zan. Uh, I think Tolk is in there as well. Yeah. Uh, then the next chapter, Barris gets there. We uh, were introduced to Admiral Blade, uh, which is like literally the no pun intended edgiest name you can think of for yeah. this guy. Yeah. Um, and there's not a lot of cross between uh, Blade's plot and the rest of the character's plot for the rest of the book. Uh, no, so there's really not. Blade is kind of he's involved in a lot of deals with the Black Sun. He's smuggling out some Boda uh, and working with Philba the Hutt, who's the quartermaster on Rimsu 7, which is the uh, surgical unit that our main cast is part of, so that's the only real connection there. Uh, mm-hmm. So, he... And there's like, isn't there like 40 Rimsus on the planet, they said? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. But sounds right. But... Because, like, it just kind of... Just for like, just to kind of drive home like how unimportant. Yeah, this, yeah, this is like backwater everything. None of this yeah. really matters in the context of the war. It's more about uh, the character study of what someone in this situation, yeah, just looks like when there's millions of them probably across the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Blade's plot, it kind of just goes into him getting uh, nearly caught. The Black Sun representative he ends up meeting. Uh, Mathel uh, is trying to uh, get more of a cut for himself, try, and he presents himself as part of the Black Sun, uh, actually wanting more of the cut as a whole. Yeah. Uh, so Blade kills them. Uh, another uh, another agent comes named named Caird or Mared yeah. Caird Caird, yeah, with a K. And uh, so. I, I th- <laughs> I thought for a second that he was um, the same species as Verger. Yeah, I th- I thought it might actually ber- be Verger. Me too. I was like, like, wait, is she in the... Wait. <laughs> like, the timing on that doesn't really work out. Yeah. But... And then I thought maybe it's the hyper chicken from Futurama. But <laughs> turned out to be neither of those. Uh, so Blade ends up going to a meeting with, uh, with Philba. Uh to talk about what's going on at this point, Dender, uh, the, the new Celestian has kind of tracked down Philba's uh, dealings mm. and Philba gets poisoned. Blade tries to take credit for that when talking to Caird. Caird talks to uh, the spy, Lens slash Column, and yeah. uh, finds out that actually no... Blade didn't kill him, so Blade just dies. Yeah. Uh, so anything with uh, with his plot that you 
Uh, not really. I mean, the thing that's interesting about him is he's, we'll talk about this later, but like characters all have their own kind of like Joss and him, especially they're kind of grappling with like, they've got sort of this pre-designed plan. Yeah. But the funny thing about blade is he talks about his planet and how he wants to like how great it is. But whenever he dreams and really like thinks about the future, it's always on Coruscant. It's always being in a big Coruscant sky tower with power for millions and millions of people. Yet he talks about the fact he talks about his home planet and says anyone who's been there once would understand why nobody ever wants to leave and why like why basically it's the greatest place ever. And then he's like, I need to get all this wealth so I can, you know, make a name for myself and then maybe even make my way to Coruscant and have a big sky tower and have power for trillions of people. So it's like he's not even being honest with himself, really. And it's the same. We'll see that again with Joss later. But Um, uh, I think the kind of key difference between him and Joss is that uh, throughout the entire book, Blade's motivations stay entirely how other people will see him and he dies. So I think it's kind of clear what our opinion on him is kind of supposed to be yeah exactly um especially where he already like he already has a measure of power too and i mean he's like he's not a small fry he's an admiral um, yeah he's like a, a shit tier admiral but he's still an admiral yeah a uh, shit tier admiral on a backwater world who's very upset yeah. by that fact and he kind of yeah. wants to do anything to show that he needs to be on the front lines he's the best yeah. admiral the republic has damn it yeah but yet at the same time he's like Skimming a lot of the Boda. Yeah. The no, the, the, that. You, uh, let's not yeah. hold him to too high of a standard here, Justin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Holy Noodle Master. Thank Remember you. that. I... Blessed. Sorry. <laughs> um, one thing I didn't realize too was I don't think. Are Celestins always. Are Celestins always described as being so short? No. Okay. This is. Okay. This is a thing that shows up in like half of sources. Even though, like, in the movies, they're not really that short. Uh, Certainly on the new can movies, because we see Nine Num standing up, and he's... Yeah. And I don't know where it came from, but it, it gets perpetuated a lot, and then uh, Empire War does it as well. So I thought that was... I thought they were always short before. And even in the book, there are a few places where Den is described as being, like, almost normal height, but then at the mm-hmm. start, he's got to walk up a ramp to get to the bar. Yeah, and he like talks about being under someone's chest height and stuff. Um, yeah, and the the kid in the story at the end treating him like a uh, yeah 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 like a child like a child basically yeah yeah. So and that was really weird because I always imagined Celestin as being like pretty hardy and like large like yeah they're not like, like I don't like think they're <laughs> yeah I don't think they're like a super like a tall or, fan. <laughs> yeah they they get portrayed by like that a lot but it, it doesn't. It doesn't mm-hmm. check out with most of the original sources, at least. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, just a little weird little uh, just strangeness that you see sometimes. Um, yeah, so that uh, I think that kind of covers most yeah, so of what happens with Blade. He's not really a... Yeah, I didn't find him that compelling. No, I'm not either. I just enjoyed that kind of fact that he's yeah, not even honest sorry. with himself with what he wants i thought that was pretty yeah. fun he's basically he works as a foil a, for the rest but he's not really the yeah. main attraction he's another near human too um and he's i forget what what species is he again um he's like a 
Yeah, Sakayan, right. And he's very strong. He's like basically he's got better muscle. He's like an he's like an ape, basically. Like he's he's got better like a ligament structure and more muscles. He's just a lot stronger and a lot faster than most humans. Yeah. Um and he's big on hunting, um, as it seems like his entire culture is, because he talks about being descended um from like these warriors. Almost kind of like he like how Joss talks about like Yeah. It's still into this uh, this theme of like societal expectations for who he's supposed to be, rather than finding Mm. uh, his own his own identity. And like Chloe very explicitly calls it out with Joss is like this is sure this is your family's uh, expectations or your family's traditions, but are they yours? And for Blade, he kind of does everything he can to make sure they are his. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. so yeah, he dies, and then after that, it's uh, I guess what, what, what's really what's the plot after that? I guess. Um, well, for him, nothing. But nothing. Yeah. We can jump back around to the start and get to our actual cast here. Yeah, I mean, besides for that, like in the book, the only real thing that happens is I guess the fighting sort of heats up, um, and the uh, the Rimzu is forced to. Yeah, like the line gets pushed back. Well, it's not even that the fighting heats up. It's just that there was a small engagement closer to where they were. Yeah, that's true. Because uh, we like the fighting in the book is Barris kills a battle droid. Yeah. And then they're fleeing from an assault. Uh, yeah. So it's not even like they're fleeing that desperately. Like, yeah. It's just like a routine to... evacuation. And yeah. uh, they their one transport gets hit by a stray particle cannon or something. Yeah. And uh we end up losing Zan for that. But uh I'm not gonna lie, the part where the uh when um when Joss is outside and they get attacked by the super battle droid and there's a big explosion, I was actually pretty upset because I thought that the whole Rimzu was uh blown up and I was like, Oh my god. <laughs> like I was like oh, the book just took a turn. But but no, thankfully. We cut to Obi Wan and Anakin having to investigate <laughs> Well, well, I mean, like him and Barris would have still been alive, so I guess, yeah. But I guess so. Yeah, after that, are we want to talk about what happens? I guess at the very end, like the character we lose. Uh, no, because we haven't really talked about the okay rest of the plot for the rest of the characters yet. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, so we have the surgery we covered a little bit, but that's kind mm-hmm. of the action scenes for the book are yeah. the uh, the rush of the uh medical transports but the first really relevant thing that happens uh is when they're all in the bar and dender uh finds them all and my main takeaway from this is that security is incredibly lax yeah i I kept wondering too why he's free reign of like a military installation it's not even that just that like they were willing to talk to him it's that they tell him basically anything and they invited him for a tour of the base that they were giving the new medical staff. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we've got to show the new, we've got to show Bears what's going on. Why don't you come with us and look at everything? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, like a war, there's definitely a room for a war reporter, but this is a little different. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we get, uh, soon after Barris gets initiated, and Dan gets all the state secrets. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hear about Foji for the first time with his Terrace Cassie match. Uh, 
and Barris like puts a bet on him knowing that he'd actually beaten a Jedi before mm-hmm. uh who could cut himself off from the force with which was supposed to be a big deal that he wasn't using it in the matches, but then Barris does it like three times in the rest of the book. Yeah. So it, it doesn't really match up with what they're trying to put forward there. No. But um Sorry, I just lost sound for a second. Are you still there? Yes, I'm still there. What was the last thing you said? Uh, I don't remember. Um, yeah, Fo- on... they meet food oh, for Foji. The... And the, right. oh, the and Jedi that can cut himself off from the Force. And right. by Which that, Varys like... just means not using it. Yeah, it's like, he doesn't, I guess, necessarily cut himself. I don't know. It's, it's, Star Wars is weird about that, because yeah. in some books, it's like really easy to cut yourself off for the Force, but then in like, Especially in like NJO and um, and Legacy of the Force, it's like making yourself small is like this kind of big thing that yeah. you got to practice really, really hard but on. But the way she's describing it, it's like he just didn't use the Force during yeah, the fight. Exactly. And she's clearly capable of doing that every time exactly. as well. So I, I don't know what the, what the yeah. deal there is. But uh, yeah. uh, so he doesn't believe in the Force. Yeah, Which, and she does a little parlor trick to him, basically. Yeah. She's like, shouldn't have done that. Should not have done that. Holds the towel up, and then he thinks that it's like Chris Angel Mind Freak or something. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is a rigged towel. Mm-hmm. you got to do more than that to fool me. <laughs> but <laughs> they talk about hands that below and above. <laughs> yeah, like they talk about how even Joss doesn't believe in the Force or anything. Uh, so even at this point where the Jedi Order is like at its height, there's a lot yeah. of people who just wouldn't be exposed to it because they're super rare. Yeah. But... And Joss picks it up and I'm like, ugh, put that down. Like, sweaty towel. <laughs> um, Look for strings attached. Yeah. There's just, and then after that, there's really just a bunch of, I mean, there were, the surgeons are worked hard and there's one scene in particular that's pretty brutal. Um, yeah. One where they lose basically everyone and that's yeah. a pretty... The book doesn't um doesn't shy away from like descriptions of gore or anything. I mean, it is in a medical sense certainly, but uh, one of the main characters has a pretty. I mean, it's not brutal in how he dies, but like it's like it's painless from his perspective. But I mean, the way it's described is kind of brutal. And uh, there's the guy that's like, missing all of his limbs and his face is burned off. Yeah, and <laughs> there's like one guy who's like. They talk like one, like they're in the surgical uh, theater and there's like, they say there's like urine and feces and uh, like spinal fluid all over the floor. And I'm just like, God, like that's like, that's uh, not very Star Wars-y, but interesting nonetheless. Yeah. uh, It definitely takes a much darker approach than a lot of what we've looked Mm -hmm. at recently. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you get a lot of the usually, dark humor from surgeons yeah. as well. Yeah, but they do kind of take away from that a little bit with some of Varys's feats of the Force. Like, yeah, there's one part where they they work really hard to replace an officer's heart, and he almost dies of an infection, but Varys uh, comes through and saves him at the last minute. Basically, you know what I mean? Yeah, it kind of takes away from it a little bit, but. Yeah, the like there's a few things she does that the that kind of like puts the faith in the force and the rest of the medical crew. Like there was the one where the entire nervous system was shot, I think yeah. it was, and she 
fixes that. She also helps someone who uh, I think I forget what nine one four's problem was, but it was like a seemed like a blood pressure thing. Yeah. Was, oh yeah, he was the one who couldn't stand up. Yeah, right? and he was the the clone that kind of uh, changes Joss's mind on how clones work because yeah. uh, it was his brood brother, uh, his vat brother, <laughs> whatever that was nine one five who died. Yeah. He asked how he was, uh, 914 asked how he'd done to Barris, and then that's when Joss was like, yeah, he's dead. Yeah. And then yeah. he doesn't understand why this was an He's has no thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. But he's still thinking of them as just droids, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it, it's an interesting... One one thing that I, like I kind of was interested in is how the the book medicine in Star Wars differs from medicine in real life. I mean, obviously, like you know, on Coruscant, you just get your whole body replaced, but when you're out here, it's based it's a lot more similar to uh, I guess real world medicine with a few differences. Like one thing I noticed that they've got like they use fields a lot. Like um you don't need to have showers you don't need to like wash your hands you can go through a sterile field or like a, yeah. a sonic burst to to clean your skin off or whatever I, th- I thought that was pretty like interesting um and i guess sort of realistic like yeah iteration I, of like what real medicine is like i do like how that was brought up as well uh mm-hmm. because it wasn't just introduced as like hey look at this weird cool star wars tech it was yeah uh, used to kind of reinforce the themes of the book where it would we hear about how the sterile fields work when uh joss is explaining why he doesn't use them because he's sterilizing yeah. his hands the old-fashioned way mm-hmm. uh because of tradition and all that and how his family of surgeons does it so i do kind uh, of have a bit of a problem with that though too as well because Star Wars does the same thing like with lots of stuff. The Star Wars Expanded Universe, it basically just takes things that we know and does it the exact same way. Like the the doctors scrubbing their hands before going into the operator is like been in every medical show ever. You know, like it's a very kind of iconic thing. Like it's it's the same with like whenever there's a, a law scene in Star Wars, it's lawyers, two lawyers and a judge. It's the exact same as in the real world. When, like, in the movies, when something like that happens, you get Bacta, you know? Or, yeah. like, like if Star Wars ever had a, like, a, if one of the movies ever had a, a criminal, uh, like, like, a trial, it would be something Star Warsy. It wouldn't just be, like, Space Court, you know? Just, like, yeah. I, I think fair. if there was a movie about this, it wouldn't be Space Mash. Even though, I, like, I like Space Mash, it would have been, like the doctors their job is mostly to support the droids or something like i'm just spitballing but instead with the book it basically takes you could set the vast majority of this in the real world without changing very much at all yeah they do kind of try to address that with uh like the uh equipment shortages and everything but then the question is like would they actually have more real surgeons than uh medical droids exactly Yeah, like, how is it cheaper to keep a surgeon there? Um, but yeah. Because uh, they, they, it, it, it almost, parts of the book, I mean, I'm sure this is from a layperson's perspective. I, I know, like, a couple of doctors, and I wonder if, they, if they're reading this just being like, oh, this is all so stupid. 
Yeah, they they don't go too in depth on how a lot of the actual medical stuff works, which I appreciated because it would have been yeah painful even for people who didn't understand yeah. medicine. But yeah, it's basically I, just included as like to give it a bit of almost like authority. Like you throw a couple words in there that yeah. like we don't really understand without googling. It's like okay. Anything? No, I, I thought I might have had something written down related to that, but I didn't, so I don't know what I was going to mention. Yeah, but because well, we don't even Bacta, we we hardly see Bacta. It's like when someone gets injured, they're like in the tank for ten minutes, um, which I thought is interesting. Star Wars books always kind of do that as well. Like whenever real shit's going down, it's like you're in the Bacta for an hour. And then yeah. Out. But if their like limbs are exploded and they're bleeding out, like there there clearly is some prep work that goes into that. Yeah. Uh, like when Padme was giving birth, they didn't just like chuck her in the back to tank and <laughs> float on out, babies. <laughs> Natural birth, water birth. It seems she has lost the will to live. I've poured <laughs> ten ounces of Bacta down her throat, and all she's done <laughs> is choke. Um. Oh, what was I gonna say? Yeah. I freaking literally forget now. But in like Wraith Squadron, I think Piggy's in there for like a month at one or like a few weeks at one point or something. Yeah. Uh, but he'd only gotten like stabbed a bunch and shot a bit or something. So yeah. it's fine. Oh, I, I remember what it was. I, the idea too that they're on this planet that's like filled with like natural medical resources that they're not allowed to use. It's kind of interesting. Even when like they can literally go pick like some and use it and um zan does at one point yeah to treat a an infection yeah i was kind of not sure like what the boat is being used for then like why it's militarily important if they're not using it on their military if like the clone troopers important military somewhere i guess I, is like yeah like are they shipping it all off to like my or Warner, something yeah <laughs> bara yeah wouldn't it be better to like just use it and make sure that this base is fine and then you can control the whole thing? But yeah, you'd think so. Uh, or at least some of it. Like I, I yeah. get wanting to ship off some of it, but like, yeah, maybe they were or supposed to, and then Blade it, but... was just like the only reason they were. That's possible. Leaving, he'd wanted that for himself. That is possible. But uh, actually, that kind of brings up the uh, one of the next points was the uh, Foji's attack on the three mercenaries. Mm. where uh, the new martial arts instructor that we mentioned, uh, he ends up... Den gets a uh, a droid's photoreceptor or whatever, a recording from a droid that had been mm. recovered by a local harvester mm. where it showed Foji uh, just murdering some mercenaries in cold blood right. with his bare hands. Uh, but right before that, there was a scene with the spy where the spy was talking about how it was time to make a villain. Uh, oh, yeah. So I was like, I, I don't know if it was explicitly mentioned anywhere, uh, but yeah, my takeaway really think about that. there was that uh, the spy had kind of set that up, like not set it up, like clearly Foji did that. But mm -hmm. the spy was the one who orchestrated that and sent the uh, the film to Den. Yeah, no, because it doesn't explain it how he got it, and I don't imagine he'd be 
you know, out on the front lines, like... Well, he mentioned that he got it from, like, a, a just basically a farmer out in the fields, a boda uh, farmer or something. Yeah, I forgot that. But, like, I don't know if it was a thing where, uh, where this spy... I keep almost saying... Where this spy uh, set that up in some way, because it's sort of tied into what they were doing, unless I just missed something else that they were doing. But... That was kind yeah. of my, oh, my, my takeaway there. Oh, well, it lasted an hour. Damn, I felt it happen too. I literally felt it happen in the computer. Hiccuped. Like, oh, That's rough. there she goes. Mine's yeah. been fine every time. I don't know what year. Um, yeah, should we just... What do you think we should do? You want to restart the Audacity recording? I could try. I could try. We can just count back. Do you know, or did it save at all? Actually, mine. Uh, no, mine's crashed. Yep. Okay. I think mine's crashing when I press stop. All right. Gonna, yeah, let's just we'll use, just the, use the video recordings. Yikes. <laughs> oh, wait. No, mine actually worked. Oh, okay. Hold on. Um, maybe I can save mine. Um, it'll, there'll be like a minute of missing audio, but let me just... Well, you haven't cut out on mine at all, so... Uh, from the video recording, I can just send the audio version of that, and okay. it'll at least be separate tracks. So it should be fine. Okay. Um, sorry about this, YouTube. Uh, let me just... All right, let me know when you're ready, and we'll 3, 2, 1, go again. Uh, we'll just use the video recording. Oh, okay. Gonna... Just use the yeah. video recording? Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Oh, um... uh, you're, you're, uh, I should tell you, your voice is super low again. I was going to just let that go. For... <laughs> is it good now or is it yeah, still? Yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, it was good before. I'm not sure if you're faking that. No, or... I, I just faked that. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting point, though. I didn't really think about that. I guess I, I read this book in one sitting, by the way. I was like, okay, it was last night. I was like, okay, I'll read half tonight, half tomorrow. And I just crushed the whole thing. Yeah. I guess it's not that long, but yeah, it's, I think it's the shortest one we've read so far. You can usually tell by at which point the um, the because I I got like the e version, so I can always tell at which percentage the um, the stories start. Like the you know they have the, the legend stuff has like those the excerpts from other books. Yeah, yeah. So this one was at sixty six. Damn. Some have been at like seventy five. If it's at sixty six, it means it's shorter because the it's always like the same amount of excerpted text yeah. the the x-wing books were really weird for that because it would like the ones i was using uh because I, I read most of it on ebook stuff but it like cut weirdly into the next book there was the first hundred uh, pages yeah. or something so i kept being afraid that i was super behind but either way mm. uh yeah i always checked before i started because i'm like if a book's like 70, I'll try to do like, ideally I do it over like four days, 20, 20, 20, and 10. But yeah. Really, I'll do it like 40, 20, 10, or whatever. Mm. Uh, yeah, so even though the intention, if my theory was correct, mm -hmm. was that the uh, Den would be able to use the tape of Foji and <laughs> make him into a villain... The Republic started spinning it as a uh, Republic hero for killing those 
those mercenaries, so yeah, that was nice. Yeah, uh, and he's just like, um, like Dan is just like not impressed. Not surprised. He's not surprised, but he's not impressed. Yeah, they're all pretty disappointed by it, but yeah, they're all like the sitting around like, like oh, eh, this is kind of yeah. how yeah. war is, and it's kind of gross. Yeah. Uh, but Den is also hoping he'll be able to bring down Philba. Mm-hmm. And he gets close, but we already mentioned how uh, He's Blade kind of gets... And, yeah. yeah, Philba gets killed and Blade gets implicated. So when uh, when Den is about to go public with it, uh, mm-hmm. he kind of learns that actually Blade is part of the thing and he needs to go deeper. But then Blade yeah. dies too. So poor Den. Yeah. He's not going to get much of a story out of this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, well, he might have got at least paid for, well, and he gets a video at the end, but he might have at least gotten paid for, even if the Republic. Uh-oh. Okay. <sighs> Sorry about that, everyone. There was some technical difficulties there uh, with the stream. So we're recording the rest of this offline. And uh, what a disaster. Sad. Super Sad. Uh, so we're going to finish off the episode this way, and yeah. I'm going to... It's a little cozier. I'm going to donate to Justin's Patreon so we can afford some better internet, uh, get off that dial-up. Corey. What? My Patreon's paused right now. Oh, I... I'm not offering any new rewards. I'm like, I can't take people's money in good conscience. Right, I'm going to I'm gonna super chat every month so that okay. Justin can afford some new internet. Um, that would be helpful. Yeah, so we've got, uh, we were talking about uh, Dender's news reporting, I think. Yeah, yeah, and basically how everyone got a little more uh, jaded after, um, after what's-his-name, Fowes, and nothing bad happens to him, only good things. Yeah. Until he kills himself. Well, you know, it, <laughs> you gotta take the good with the bad. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, so there's not a... Oh, I don't know what I just typed in the notes because my phone thought I was typing something there. That's the downside of doing the notes on my phone. Yep. Um, There may be some random words you see in the notes right now, Justin. That's so okay. Don't worry about that. I don't that. mind. That's special. Uh, oh, yeah, I see it. What did I do? <laughs> I don't know if that was just a mistake or... Anyways, um... Yeah, so th- there's not too much else to Den's story. Uh, no. He has his multiple failed attempts at news stories. Uh, he has way too much access, or way more access than you'd think he'd have, having just met these people. Yeah. Um, but we get around this point to uh, to Joss and Talk's relationship, where he kind of notices her on the Corrin meter for the first time after... Uh, she, seems, she seems pretty high in the Corrin meter as well. Does she? Uh, yeah. He said, doesn't he say anybody with one eye could notice that she was stunning or something? I I forgot about that. I don't know. I There's a weird... There's a lot of sexuality in this book, too. Yeah, he's he's almost as thirsty as Corrin is. Not quite. But almost. Uh, I disagree. I, I think he's more thirsty than Corrin. Actually, yeah, there's only two female characters. He's being book. he's being blue balled. So like, mm. like, but she's like, yeah, she's she's. It's like there's like nudity in this book, which is pretty strange for Star true. Wars. 
Yeah. Uh, she, yeah, like, I guess she decided that she's into him around the same time that he decided he's into her. And mm-hmm. she, like, doesn't lock the shower door so that yeah. he can get in. And that's that's a risky move because this is a whole base of people. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know what the strategy there was, but I'm going to say that was a risky play. Yeah, it was. It was risky. Uh, and then he has to take like a cold shower afterwards, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Well, he was going he to take a shower anyways, shower. but but he, he just changed the temperature just a little bit. The, usually, he just uses like the sonic feature, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I had to use cold water." <laughs> <laughs> like that's a little on the nose, maybe, but it was funny. But they have a uh, a confrontation where he's like, "What are you doing? I, you know, I can't do this," and she gets pissed off at him. Uh, She's basically nice... like, "But can't you?" He's like, no. She's like, fine. No. He talks to Chloe, though. And yeah. uh, Merrick kind of, kind of puts him straight. He's like, well, is that, that's when we get the line of like, is that your traditions or your family's? And mm-hmm. uh, eventually, I think it's after uh, the climax of the book when they're doing their relocation, Zan dies in the shuttle happenings. Yep. And he it's like finally a piece of glass through his eye. Yeah, it just kills him in the middle of yeah. him being happy that Dan uh, saved his musical instrument. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's just dead. Joss and Tall cook up, and that's kind of how the book ends. Yeah. Um, yeah, who's, who's your favorite character, by the way? Who do you think has the... Besides Joss, who else? Like, Or maybe, maybe not besides Joss. Who's your favorite character? Like, Who did you most enjoy the perspective of uh i5 is definitely the best one oh right yeah we didn't really talk about him do you want to give like yeah a brief i think we just here? got a, a little bit with him and uh the the foji plot are the only things right. we really gotta resolve there so you want to do i5 first or do you want to do foji's uh last um, stand how about you do i5 because you probably know his history better than i do all right well uh his history is kind of a mess uh, yeah. He doesn't really know what's going on with himself, but he's got uh, a lot of modifications and a lot of uh, mm. uh, memory gaps. So he he's not sure exactly where he came from with a lot of things. Uh, he knows that he was emancipated by uh, one of his old owners. Uh, and it seems like he like he did something heroic at some point that resulted in some damage that hadn't been fully repaired. Uh, and he's trying to kind of figure out what that is. He's got a pretty bad ad- or bad <laughs> opinion of humans. Yeah. Or a low opinion, or is confused by them, rather. But he... At least compared to how droids would. Yeah. Like, the war and stuff. Like, droids wouldn't play that shit. Well, they might. He yeah, doesn't think they would. He kind of just... Uh, like, when he shows up, it's clear that he's annoyed by the duties he's doing. And everyone's yeah. kind of like, what's his deal? But yeah. uh, he becomes another foil for uh, for Joss's ideas of, like what identity is and who they all are mm-hmm. um as he when joss is talking about how the clones are just uh biological machines then you have this other machine here who is uh arguably A machine machine fairly <laughs> yeah who's yeah. fairly human himself and they even ask him at one point uh if he considers himself human and yeah. i5 kind of goes into a bit of what that actually means and uh even says stuff like well, humans, uh, you can call them brave in a way that doesn't really apply to other species, some other species, because 
uh, some of the humans will like know they're in danger and still do something. Whereas uh, mm-hmm. some other uh, some other right. species are just like they don't have they're, fear they're in the like first place, to, yeah. so they don't really understand what they're doing. Yeah, it's like despite of fear, they still act. It's yeah. like the trend ocean. I think is the yeah is the uh, yeah. example they give there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he helps in the operating theater he uh starts gaining some of his memories back and some of his capabilities back and like two or three of them just show up in the last bit of the uh the book yeah like he's got a laser doesn't he from yeah he's his hand is it something like uh, a hand laser i think something else then he like vibrates rain off of him and everyone around him <laughs> oh yeah uh yeah it's like a kind of like the showers basically yeah because uh what's his name zan can hear it because yeah okay. but that was kind of what goes on with him and then the shuttle crash uh breaks him again so it stops his progress we'll probably find out more about him in the next book but uh that that kind of goes over most of his backstory is from is it shadow hunter um because like all like all all the backstory that he talks about is from other books like yeah i he he ran into darth maul is the is the zabrak he's talking about okay yeah like like when he talks about uh like a Zabrak, like a it's Darth Maul he's referring to. Okay, so that'll be something we get to talk about later. Yeah, let me just because I read some of those books um, when I was a kid. Um, I can't like it, it all just kind of uh, right because his master was murdered because his master is a uh, Lorn Pavin and he was murdered by Darth Maul. Mm. That's what's. Star Wars. I can't remember which book that is. Um, it is yeah, Shadowhunter. Okay, I was right. I think but that might be one where my copy the is lost song. in the mail. Yeah, very sad. Yeah, that's a that's an old one. That's like two thousand. That's like right after Phantom Menace, I think. Hmm. Um, and then there's like I think some of these characters are in the course on Knights books as well. Hmm. Um, so. We'll see more of them. I actually was was reading. People recommend you read Shadowhunter beforehand, but I don't really feel like I'm missing out on much, not yeah. remembering everything perfectly. Yeah, it kind of helps with the character. I feel like. Hmm. I can't remember what it is he's stealing because he's stealing something. I think it's because I'm pretty sure there's also a reference to it in Plagueis. Remember? Um, yeah. Is it a holocron? Maybe. I don't I remember. Might be a, I think I think it's a holocron, but because in Plagueis, remember when they're at the they're at like the party uh, on the skyhook or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, Darth Maul comes to meet Plagueis and Palpatine, and he's got I think it's a holocron. He's got I'm pretty sure that's the event. Like the three stories are kind of connected that way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll probably try to find that because mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, but OG so. His last thing was just right, uh, so he, with Barris. Yeah, because he suffers a, a... I forget what kind of mortal wound he suffers, but basically Barris heals him. I think he gets um, hit by a dart from behind yeah, when right, Barris right. is going to confront him. Yeah, And like she thinks she's going to... Or she's trying to decide whether to kill him or not because yeah, she's confronting him she about the three murders. Yeah. But yeah. he gets attacked and then she saves his life instead. And I kind of thought I was misreading it at some point because you get the uh, like he sends a recording to Dan and to Barris. 
Uh, yeah, like so up. did I. I thought it was fake or something. Yeah, I was like, like no, but wait, Barris just saved him, so what are we looking at here? Like, no, Yeah, he... there's like a, a time jump that doesn't kind of, not implied in the book. Yeah, it it's only probably like a couple hours or something, but he's so upset that Barris saved him that he just goes and blows himself up to show how, how tough he very, was. Very, very violent, um, very explosive uh, death. He must kill like a dozen or more beings. Yeah. Um, and droids as well because it's like <laughs> he killed four of them, then eight more jumped down. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they, like rolled out a thermal detonator, smiled at the camera, and blew up. Yeah, and had given instructions before, so he like had planned all this. Yeah, and then um, Den's like, "Well, I could probably sell this and make a bunch of money." <laughs> yeah. Um, uh... I think one of the main kind of themes in this book is, is like the difference between warriors and healers or not warriors and healers, but like fundamentally violent people and fundamentally not violent people. Yeah. Like Zen and Joss are not yet. Basically everyone bad in this book. It's not like just that they are violent. It's just that they, it's also that they tend to enjoy violence. There's like yeah. a difference between a soldier and like, a, not necessarily like, a, I guess a warrior is what they say in the book, but like, mm-hmm. and Barris is kind of like figuring out which side she's on because although she knows that like there's no reason for her to be striking out at foe, she trips him at one point basically to try to embarrass him. Um, and she thinks about killing him. It's kind of like the main themes of the Star Wars saga on like a kind of a micro scale. It's like, yeah, are you yeah. going to be a violent person or a non violent person? Like, and the people who are violent, they don't think about like it's not like an option to be nonviolent. It's not like, mm-hmm. it's not like something that they have to th- think about doing just like characters like Joss. He never struggles with being violent. I mean, I guess he's yeah. got no reason to, but like he never thinks about trying to kill anybody. Um, Den doesn't either when like, he's got a hate on the hut. He could have poisoned him if he wanted to. Um, and Barris is like right in the middle. Um, yeah. Kind of leaning back and forth. Yeah. I didn't really, uh, I didn't really consider that, but yeah, that's it's kind of like I don't know. That's just kind of what I felt like when I was reading the whole book. But yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it kind of that does it. fit into the whole identity discussion. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, well, we lost we lost the chat and we didn't have any emails, so there's not really many questions. So, uh, unless is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into the rankings? Um. It, this book kind of like touches on the limits of force healing and I'm just, there's been some pretty wacky uh force healing like it's been portrayed in some pretty different ways mm-hmm. can you think of any that are really interesting like in the early books like we talked about a bit in Bakura and also I guess courtship a bit Luke is always kind of like taking like little healing naps later on we see some pretty um incredible recoveries through force healing yeah and this one it's like even she isn't sure of her power because she can say, she says like, yeah, I can, I can bolster the immune system, but I can't close a cut, for example. Yeah. Um, like, uh, she does something similar to what Luke does in Teresa Bakura with the, like restoring the nervous mm-hmm. system and stuff. And she yeah. kind of senses the like physical stuff that gets shoved into people. Like there's a lot of slivers that get into places they shouldn't yeah. be. And that's yeah. kind of something she's good at. Yeah. But uh, then you get like Silgal, 
in other books where, especially with the Mon Mothma stuff, where she's like right, yeah. focusing she on the individual atoms. Yeah. yeah, her and Tackley just end up with a lab of miraculous yeah. cures in medical science later on. Yeah. I mean, Luke has some stuff like that too in Fate of the Jedi where he like kind of kicks Avaloth out of people. Like when yeah. she starts to, he like kind of talks about like going in and um, yeah, basically just like, but even in this, she talks about like, she does like, kind of sense things on an atomic level too because she talks about like quarks at one point or something um yeah she's like sensing the droid uh that's like i excuse me i thought the droid was the spy until barris took a look at him because she sensed him and there wasn't i don't think there was really Mm -hmm. anything weird there Um, well wasn't it also partially that she because he was a droid she couldn't really discern anything from the force and then she would like she kind of noticed the same thing that joss said earlier where uh, I five yeah. was able to use his eyes in a way that droids mm-hmm. normally didn't to emphasize what he was feeling or what he was yeah. thinking. Yeah, my theory was that it was a living being shape shifting into a droid. Like, mm. it, like okay. my theory was that. So she would have right. My so that's why right, they were. She would have sensed right. him. Yeah. Okay. I see. But I gave up on that one pretty quickly. <laughs> All right. So do you want to place this in your rankings? Oh, it's hard. I really, really there? liked this book. Uh, yeah, I think actually, I'll read out on. your your rankings first, and then yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. So right now, you have in first place, you have Plagueis, Rogue Squadron, Back to War. I'm reading them sequentially. These aren't all in yeah. first place. Uh, Back to War, then Wedge's Gamble, Iron Fist, Courtship, Wraith Squadron, Solo Command, Trucipakura, Kratos Trap, and mine are Plagueis, Iron Fist, Wraith Squadron, Back to War. Rogue Squadron, Solo Command, Wedge's Gamble, Courtship of Princess Leia, Teresa Bakura, and Kratos Trap. We should probably post these somewhere because this yeah, is going to get should. cumbersome to read out every time. Maybe I'll make yeah. another scene for OBS and put it up, but either way, where are you thinking? Oh, it's hard. I really, really like this one. It's the first one that like I read in one sitting. Um, it's definitely the top half of the list. It's above Iron Fist. I'd probably put this maybe... Right under Back to War? I think I'd put this number four. So Plagueis, Rogue Squadron, Back to War, and then this book. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would, to be honest. I just, I like how small scale it is. Um, It's very unique compared to the other ones. Yeah. Yeah, like, it it does, it does stuff very differently than a lot of other Star Wars books, with Star Wars Mm -hmm. books, which can definitely work in its favor, but could also... Uh, like it's not the kind of book that I'd probably recommend as someone's first foray into the EU. No, I agree. Um, like I, I do think that uh, courtship or even uh, Teresa Bakura works better for that, and then for people who are like super into it, then Plagueis is uh, probably better for that. But uh, I think I'm actually going to put it second. So nice. between Plagueis and Iron Fist for me. I think that's a very fair call. It's a great book. I I don't know if I'm gonna like the second one as much, but like I don't I know nothing about it, so it's kind of refreshing. Like I, yeah. I can't remember the last time I didn't know anything about in like a legends book, like how it's yeah. gonna end up. Uh, like I remembered bits of this one. I don't remember much from the second one, and I do think one of the things that works for this one, uh, with how it's set up, is that like it's not a very plot heavy book. Uh, no, no, it's not. So it does set up a lot though that kind of needs to get paid off in the next book. So my expectation right. is that it's gonna be a lot plot heavier 
and it may not work as well. So we'll see how that plays out. But just based on the title too, it seems like the next book may be more Barris focused. And I really yeah. enjoyed the surgeon. Um, so that will be a bit of a bummer for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm gonna go and open minded. Yeah, so that will be uh, Thursday, November 7th, I believe, is our next episode. Uh, we yeah. did shift the schedule around so that uh, Halloween would not end up being an episode because that would have been uh, a bit much. Spooky. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to be cowering under my covers all night. So I I told Justin, <laughs> I was like, I, I can't do it. Yeah, he said I can't do it. But um, uh, yeah. And then it's Thrawn, right? And then we're on to Thrawn. I think. Yeah, then we're moving on to the Thrawn trilogy, which uh, I've never read before, so I'm really looking forward. No, I've heard it's good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that'll be the seventh, and then the twenty-first. All right, look forward to uh, to sitting down with something uh, tasty and reading about guts, and then talking about it two weeks from now. Yeah, should be a disappointment. <laughs> wow okay just just never mind guys just unsubscribe from this podcast i guess yeah well i i like to under promise over deliver okay fair. lower your expectations that's kind of what med started to me so yeah so uh also let us know how you feel about any of the format changes as well uh we're gonna keep trying to refine them uh yep. i think this was way. a good step forward yeah besides so, for the ch- chat issues <laughs> Yeah, that, I mean, who could expect that when you're using dial-up in 2019, it would have issues? People are going to believe you, Corey. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining me, my furry co-host, Mr. Eckhart Slatter. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's just, it's a meme. I'm not a furry. Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) Good night.